Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for All right, welcome to Talking Giants. And we got player profile projections, PPPs, as some would call. So we got about a month of training camp. We're going to have episodes every single weekday, our regular Tuesday and Friday. But we're also doing these player profile projections. We'll do an offensive and a defensive player every day. And this is day one. We're going to get in the Sterling Shepard, and we're going to get in the Grant Haley. But first of all, Danny, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. So, man, I'm I'm pumped. We're here. It's training camp episodes every single day. And I figured let's not start with Eli Manning, but let's start with a guy that is an extremely huge part of this team on the offense and Sterling Shepard. We know that he's going to have a huge role now that Odell's gone. Um, he just got a contract. And what, what are you expecting out of Shep this year before we kind of get into the numbers and all, all that kind of stuff? I mean, I'm I'm expecting a lot because, I mean, he's in a situation now, obviously, without Odell, so his targets will increase, and that's what's seen even when Odell was injured in 2017 and in 2018. But, yeah, now he has gold to take with him. But Sterling Shepard, he's going to be a focus of this offense because him and Eli have a good chemistry. We saw that in the 49ers game. Eli trusted Sterling Shepard with the game when it touchdown. So I, I got high expectations for Shepard because I believe he can meet those expectations. Yeah, and the nice thing about uh, seeing him without Odell is we've had a good amount of that. You know, we had essentially the whole 2017 season, although he was banged up for a lot of those games. Um, the last four games of 2018, now Golden Tate factors into his production a lot. But he's also expected to play on the outside a lot. You know, he's not going to be completely solely on the outside. They will have him in the slot here and there. But with Golden Tate being a slot receiver, and that's who Golden Tate is, we're going to see Sterling Shepard on the outside a lot this year, and I really like him out there. I mean, we saw, like, even in the Dallas game, the, those back shoulder throws, he's good at those. I um, mean, he could get deep on a vertical. Um, he's just a really good route runner. He runs really good in routes. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the third best in route um, in the game last year besides Michael behind Michael Thomas and Marvin Jones Jr. And Marvin Jones Jr., like, that's not a name to just, like – to to not take it like pay attention to he, Marvin Jones is a good player he's just not noted as well as other guys but we're going in the year four he's coming he's just got his new contract and I mean let's look back at that draft and that was you know Michael Thomas was taking seven picks behind him so that could be like oh what the heck were you doing but look at the receivers before him Corey Coleman he's now a giant but you know he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet except for you know a handful of games in Cleveland Will Fuller and Houston, who's been a good guy, but he hasn't been anything special at all. 
Josh Doxson from the Redskins, who is horrible. He's like the Redskins' biggest nightmare right now. And Laquan Treadwell in Minnesota, who can't even really get on the field all that much with guys like Thielen and Diggs. And when he's on there, he's not doing a whole lot. I mean, we got uh, the second-best wide receiver in the draft in the second round. We got him uh, second round, ninth pick, 40th overall. I mean, this guy, he's a key part of this team, and we and Dave Gettleman and the Giants agree when they gave him a four-year, $41 million contract a year before his contract even expired. No, oh, yeah, and Sean Shepard is just a guy you want to have in your locker room. He, he doesn't seem like that type of player that would go on ESPN and express everything wrong with the team to the whole sports world. If he has a problem, he'll bring it up in-house. But besides that, Sean Shepard, he has started – in 2016 and 2018, he started every single game. He played in every single game. And 2017 was an exception because he had that migraine issues, but he's had that his whole life, so that's just part of the deal. But as you said, yeah, the Giants put that much trust in to give him a contract one whole year before his uh, rookie deal is up, and now that just takes a weight off his shoulders because players, they say they don't think about the contract, but you obviously think about the contract. You want to think how much money you're going to get, how your financial future is going to look. So just having that out of the way, it's going to have his focus solely on football and it's just going to benefit the whole team yeah and you mentioned you know Odell like he's not a guy that's going to go out and blast it to ESPN one ESPN probably doesn't want Shepard doing a Sunday morning interview but at the same time I think and I I hate to rehash the Odell thing we've done that and we're we're on the next season but where where I stood on Odell is like yeah guys like him but that sometimes is part of a problem with a guy like that. I'm speaking from experience on a team where just because guys like him doesn't mean somebody's a good leader. And I think Odell was somebody that rubbed off like badly on on Shep. I'm not saying like Shep turned into like this cancer or or even Odell was a cancer. I'm not even saying that. But like we saw the sideline rants and stuff like that. And Shep definitely looked up to Odell. But you mentioned his contract. It's you know it'll 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 go into effect next year. He's 25 years old, so we have him locked up until he's 30 years old. Um, it's four years, $41 million. So the next three years, he's pretty much locked on as a giant. And then, but after that, it's really, it's a, it's a contract we could get rid of if Shep doesn't work out. It's, it's 22 million over the last two years, but combined, it's only 6 million in dead cap, you know, 4 million, the third year of the contract, and then 2 million, the, the fourth year. I mean, golden, that's, I mean, that's how NFL contracts are, four year contracts in the NFL are now is where you can get off of a guy in the, in the, the second half of the contract. But I it just, I don't think we're going to have to deal with that because when we look at this from three years from now, I think having him for, uh, I think I think his cap hit in, in like two, tw- 2022 is like um, like 12, 12 million. And I think that'll be a steal because I think Shepard's really going to improve on this team. And then once Golden Tate probably moves on two years from now, he's going to be the guy. No, yeah, let's not make it clear. Oh, Sterling Shepard, he's better. I believe personally, he benefited from having Odell on his team just because Odell is that good of a wide receiver. Yes, Odell had off-field issues. He wasn't the, the guy that got everything done, but Sterling Shepard definitely benefited from Odell. He learned things from Odell, and now he's got Golden Tate to learn things off of. So he's still going to be learning and growing. And as you said, he's only, what, 25 this season? He's got plenty of room to still grow. Yes, it's his uh, fourth year in the league, but having Golden Tate, that's still just going to benefit him immensely just with Golden Tate's knowledge of the league and just how quality of a receiver he is. Yeah, let's talk about the on-field and off, or sorry, with Odell on the field, or the on-field stuff with Odell and without Odell. Um, we'll, we'll talk last year, 2018, 12 games with uh, with Odell because Odell missed the last four games. Um, he he averaged four 4.3 catches per game, 
and 54 and a half yards per game. Not anything special, but when you guy have a guy like Odell, he's going to gain those targets. Um, he had a 17% target rate, which is pretty good for your number two wide receiver, and a 69% catch per target rate, which is 69 70 to 72% is where you want your guy. Now, the four games out, it was a small sampling size. Uh, his catch, his target rate went up 20 to 6% to 23%. Now, his catch per target rate was 44%, which is horrible. Um, even for a four-game stretch, that's not good. Three and a half catches per game, and then his yards went up by four to 58 and a half yards per game. That being said, in, in there was a Washington game where we kind of blew the brakes off of them early, and he only had two catches for 16 yards in that game. So it wasn't like the offense wasn't moving in that game. It was just we, we were moving so quickly that – these guys, like Shep, didn't get the volume of targets or catches that that he normally would have in a game that would have been seventeen twenty at the third quarter instead of you know forty to zero. No, yeah, I, I was just I was thinking of this. Like, it's hard to explain, it, but I feel like almost not having Odell will benefit this team a little bit because it'll force Eli to spread the ball around more. Because with Odell, as I said, Odell is Odell Beckham Jr. You could trust him with basically almost any throw. He'll catch most of them. He caught one with three fingers so just not having Odell around will benefit the likes of Sterling Shepard Golda Tate will still have the effect Evan Ingram just as you said we've seen Sterling Shepard without Odell and he can benefit without he's done fine without Odell especially in 2017 when Odell is basically out the whole season and he, he still that that's when I really gained my trust for Sterling Shepard because 2016 I was like all right I like Sterling Shepard but 2017 was like I believe in Sterling Shepard that was just my thoughts on that yeah, and let's talk about the 2017 without Odell because it was really good, Danny. He had because he battled injuries that year. So like, yeah. let's put some context to it. He battled injuries that year. He was in Ben McAdoo's offense, and we had absolutely no running game at all. And it was a team that had pretty much quit. And in six games without Odell, he had 38 catches for 472 yards, which is 6.3 yards or catches per game, 79 yards per game, and that's with a 22% target rate, which was the same. Ex- which is essentially the same exact thing as his target rate without Odell in 2018. And then it got the catch per target rate, which is the, the number we look at. And I said 70%. That's exactly where it was, 70%. And we'll kind of go through his career, his career numbers eventually. But 2017, where he played in 11 games, if he played in all 16 at that rate, he would have had 86 catches for over 1,000 yards that season. I mean, that's, that's a really good wide receiver. And his second year in a horrible offense – with with no run game, no wide receivers for pretty much you know three for three quarters of the season, I mean he was on pace to have an amazing year, and he had a good year last year stats number wise. But yeah, I I understand looking at those four games from 2018 without Odell, but I mean look at the look at it from a whole. You know the the 2017 and the 2018, um, his numbers have won up every single year. He's a guy that improves a lot, and you, you mentioned his downfield blocking. Now like let's think about that play when uh, Saquon reversed like. People like, oh, well, you care about your downfield blocking wide receivers? Like, that's that's his one of his good traits. Well, think about that play when Kyle Aletta was in last year and Saquon reverses field. Now, I get that he was a distraction and they weren't planning on Saquon reversing field. But if Shep's on that side instead of Aletta, that goes from being at the 20-yard line to a touchdown because, you know, you have Shep and then Saquon behind him with just that one defender. So that kind of stuff is important, and that's what Shep does. He does the little stuff. He puts the work in. And I think with a quarterback like Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, they're going to demand that out of him. And we're going to see a, like a really good season out of Shep. I, I probably think Golden Tate's going to have better numbers than him this year, but Shep is going to be huge for the team. 
No, Sterling Shepard is going to be huge for the team, and and in twenty, I'll comment on the twenty seventeen thing first. What really held it back in twenty seventeen was those migraines he had. Like he had wicked migraines where he said he had to be in basically a completely dark room. He said if he saw the little bit of light, his head would start pounding him. So it was a migraine issue that really halted his twenty seventeen season for that time. But as you said, he he was still very impressive even without Odell. And his downfield block, and as you said, one that sticks out to me was the Washington Redskins game with Saquon cut it up field. Josh Norman was coming in to get ready to tackle Saquon, or well, at least attempt. And then Sterling Shepard came in from like literally off the, the other side of the screen and just went right through Josh Norman, and it helped Saquon gain even extra yardage. So Sterling Shepard is still a great downfield blocker, and that is beneficial for this Giants team because Saquon, he's going to do a lot of cutbacks. He's going to do a lot of Saquon things. You're going to need someone like Shepard out there to help him gain a few extra yards. Yeah, so the, now the wide receivers, wide receivers as a whole, we don't have a lot of heights. Shep no. is only five foot ten, uh, you know, two hundred pounds basically, and I think that's what stops him from being like a clear cut number one in the league. But like he does everything he's asked to do, um, and like okay, let's look at last year because he's going to move to the outside, and he played a lot more in the slot than he did outside. Last year he had thirty eight catches for four hundred twenty eight yards in the slot. 28 catches for 444 yards on the outside, and he's going to be huge on third down. Um, since 2016, when he entered the league as a rookie with a team that had Odell on it, he had the and like a, a Saquon Barkley where we ran the ball a lot on third down this year. Uh, he's 12th in third down catches in the entire NFL over the past three years, and that's including being out games. Um, that's tied with Golden Tate, who is you know, one of the most respected slot guys in the NFL still. I mean, and look at his last few, you know, those three years, Golden Tate put up 90-plus catches um, besides last year where I think he had 79. So, he's, you know, the same as Golden Tate and Demarius Thomas, who, you know, Demarius Thomas isn't much anymore. But, you know, 2016, 17, like he was the number one guy for Denver. You know, he's traded last year and then hurt. But he's someone you can re- rely on third down. He doesn't battle with drops really. Although, like, there is one that sticks out in that first drive in the Green Bay playoff game a couple years ago. Yeah. But he, 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 he's, just, he's just trustworthy in every, everything he's asked to do. Like, you never really have to worry about Shep doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that that's really the only knock we can have on Sterling Shepard. He went on that boat trip, but let's be real. He, like, two veteran wide receivers didn't say, oh, let's not go on this boat trip. I'm not going to mention the two by name. But every single one of them had a major drop in that game. That's just really the only knock on Sterling Shepard. But as you said, Golden Tate, uh, as much as I want Sterling Shepard to be the number one guy, it's most likely going to be Golden Tate, one, just because of the, the veteran he is, and two, he's – I feel like Eli and him are going to have a good connection. But if Sterling Shepard, let's say he hit free agency, I say we got Sterling Shepard on a pretty, as you said, a good deal because he would have gotten paid like a number one wide receiver because teams are going to, many teams would have liked to have the talents of Sterling Shepard, but we got him on a, a very good deal that benefits us and him as well. So it's just, have a Sterling Shepard on this team. I just love having him on this team. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah, and he's going to benefit a lot from Golden Tate in the film room. Golden Tate has been a grinder his entire career, never been a guy that's just going to run past people and beat people on his athleticism, where Odell was that guy. And that's great, and that's what you want in a wide receiver is Odell. But for a guy like Sterling Shepard, who is not like an athletic freak, he's going to learn so much from Golden Tate, one within this year. And then once Golden Tate leaves this team and say you want to pitch Shep back in the slot, I mean, 
I, I really think he plays out this full contract because, like I said, we, we have him locked up until he's 30, and that's that's when you want a wide receiver. No, yeah, we got him in his prime. Like, you, I believe, yes, Cyril Shepard's got to play throughout this whole contract. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, he, as you say, he's got to be playing a lot of the outside, so that's going to be a little different, but not majorly different. Golda Tate's going to help him in the film room. He's going to point out some things maybe he wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Sterling Shepard, he's just going to benefit from the likes of Golden Tate. Uh, he's going to have some, not competition, but Sterling Shepard's going to view like Cody Latimer and Corey Coleman probably as competition to make him better every single game. So just, yeah, Sterling Shepard, uh, I lost my words there for a second. I'll send it back over to you because I forgot what I was going to say right there. Yeah, uh, so let's just go through his numbers for through the first three years where, you know, 2016 and 2018 he started uh, all 16 games. 17, he, 2017 he played 11. So in 16, he had 65 catches, 683 yards, and eight touchdowns. It was really big as in the red zone, and that's where we're going to need him. That's probably the biggest hole with Odell gone is the red zone, so we need him to improve that. Um, 2017, 59 catches for 731 yards and two touchdowns, and that's when he missed five games. And you could kind of call it six because when he got hurt in the middle of a game, there, well, there goes a half of production. And then 2018, 66 catches for 872 yards. That's really solid. And for four touchdowns. So would love to get him back to that eight touchdown number. But I'm also not like begging. Like, I don't think it's a must that Shep has eight to ten touchdowns. I think he can be at the five, six, and we'd be very happy with him at the end of this year. No, I'm perfectly fine with Shepard having five, six touchdowns. I don't need him having eight to ten touchdowns every single yes, yes, I would love that. But it's not that he's our only guy. We have options. He just needs to go out there, make the catches, and just be a threat on the field and in the red zone. Because, as you said, Odell was a threat in the red, red zone. My apologies there. But I remember one game in particular. It was the, what was it, the Chicago Bears game uh, last season. Sterling Shepard, he ran this perfect, I forgot what route it was. It may have been, uh, it was just straight up the middle, it seemed like. And Eli lobbed a perfectly good pass to him right in the end zone in the overtime game. He just dropped it right there. But that's where Sean Shepard's going to benefit because he does have the speed to break away from corners and be a very agile guy. So I'm ex- excited to see how they use him this year now that Odell is now off the team. Yeah, I mean, he, has, he had a 4-4-8 combine at the 40. So, or a 4-4-8-40 at the combine. No combines at the 40. All right, so yeah. we spent a lot of time on, on Shep. Anything before before we move on to Grant Haley? Nah, we covered everything on Shepard that we needed to. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll do Grant Haley. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, these player profile previews are brought to you by our presenting company, media company, John Boy Media. Check our website out, johnboymedia.com. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have the number one pod, Yankees podcast in the world. It hit number two in all of sports. It was part of my take, Talking Yanks. And then our Talking Baseball, where the same guys, John Boy and Jake, do a baseball podcast. That hit number four. So check all that stuff out. We have a Knicks podcast. We have all a history podcast, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check it out. It's all at johnboymedia.com or you follow it on Twitter, Instagram, at johnboymedia. And then now, the next player. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, let's move on to Grant Haley. Grant Haley is coming into year two, undrafted free agent out of Penn State. And 
you know, I wasn't doing the film and stuff like that, but he was my favorite undrafted free agent that we got last year. I really like Grant Haley. I thought he would make the 53-man roster. Um, he didn't. He was on the practice squad. But he was activated, um, I think it was in week eight, and he started the last nine games of the season where the Giants went four and five. And he's been starting as the nickel in in OTAs and whatnot. And we saw that they were not They were quick to put a rookie ahead of uh, Sam Beal. I guess Sam Beal is kind of a rookie with, with, with DeAndre Baker. So I don't think that was as much seniority as you would think in OTAs. Um, but he's small. He's five foot nine, 190 pounds. That's really small. But when you're in the nickel, you don't have to be huge. That's where you're going to get some smaller guys. And if you got the bigger guys on you, you're probably going to run some kind of zone defense. Um, I really like Grant Haley. I don't know if I want him as the starter over Julian Love. I probably would say Julian Love. But even if he's not the starter, I think he would probably be the best backup nickel in the NFL. I mean, pro football focused, you know, I've said what I think about them. Um, I think they do some really good stuff. I don't, I don't die on, on the grades but they ha- they really liked him a lot you know he was at a 69.3 which is pretty pretty good especially for some guy who played half the season um there's some really good games he had um so i don't know if grant haley's our starter but like it, it's as good as depth that you could have at nickel i, I mean we we're going to talk about throughout you know this training camp the battles and all the depth we have um so even if he's not the starter which i probably would have julian love as a starter hopefully going into the season but either way, I think we're in pretty decent hands. No, I'm with you on that. Grant Haley was the well, yeah the best undrafted free agent we had last year. And when I, when I first saw Grant Haley, I was like, all right, the guy's five foot nine. I'm not expecting much out of him. But now I'm a complete homer for Grant Haley. I, I believe he should be the starting nickel corner. But as you said, if it's Julian Love, that, there's no problem there because Julian Love is a quality corner. And if he beats out Grant Haley, that means he's even even better than Grant Haley, but if Grant Haley's our backup, there's still, as you said, nothing wrong there. But as you say, pro football focus loved him, especially at the 69.3 grade and only played half the season. And this is obvious, his playing time increased once Eli Apple was traded. I think that was also, one, Eli Apple was not going to have a future on this team. He was really doing nothing. But the Giants wanted to see what they had in Grant Haley because they know that corner was still very much an issue on this team last year. You had B.W. Webb, as our other outside corner, Jenkins. He he was fine, but he was still struggling to get back to 2016-level Jenkins. He He's more back to that, na- not 2016 levels, but he's more of a quality corner now. So he's going to have competition, Haley, with Love. And uh, you, I'll put Corey Ballantyne in there as well, but I don't expect Corey Ballantyne to make any no- uh, make any moves to be the starting nickel corner. But um, just still, Grant Haley, a very quality corner, and I would love to have him be the starter on this team. Even with his height being five foot nine, there's nothing wrong with being five foot nine. I'm five foot nine. <laughs> well, especially in the slot. Yeah, the slot. Is- like, like he doesn't have the greatest, you know, straight line speed. But your net, there's not many go routes that come from the slot. And then when they are, it's you're usually running some kind of zone, maybe cover two. Or even if it's man coverage, you probably have a safety over the top anyways. So, like, that's not – he's super quick. I mean, his his 40 was a 4-4, a 4-4-4, which isn't great, but it's good. And then his three-cone drill at the combine was a 6-5-1, and then his shuttle time was a 3-9-4. And we just talked about Sterling Shepard, who was a guy who's really quick. His three-cone drill was a, was a 7-0, so he's a half a second faster than that. And his shuttle – was a four three five, so he had uh, an almost a, a .4, so almost a half a second faster than that. That's a big gap. It doesn't sound like a lot, but 
but it's a really big gap when it comes to those drills. So he's really quick. Yeah, he can get beat on a on a go ball. But how many times we're going to ask this guy to cover someone straight up in a in a go ball, especially when we have guys like Peppers and Buffet behind him now. So there might be some like you know cover zero where we blitz we blitz six and we have five guys. But when are we going to be? We're not going to be doing that at the at uh, you know at our twenty yard line when a guy has you know thirty forty yards to just go. So. I, I, I'm very comfortable if Grant Haley is a starter for this team. Like, he's not – like, I have worries on this defense. Grant Haley wouldn't be one of them. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry for interrupting there. But, yeah, Grant Haley, I got no worries in him after what he showed us last year. Uh, our defense, yes, they have many issues surrounding them. But our cornerback position is probably the best it's been since uh geez do you want to say 2016 now yeah 2016 we were pretty we were pretty set when Cromartie was in the in the nickel yeah yeah he's our best corner uh nickel corner since Cromartie and Cromartie will that's not much saying that because Cromartie left in 2017 but still uh yes I said his height being a problem but as you said uh, being a nickel corner you don't need to be six foot you're not guarding a six foot guy most of the time if you are then as you said they put him into they he'd probably be in a zone type of defense so Grant Haley, I, I got a lot of faith in him. Maybe I'm putting too much faith into him being an undrafted free agent. But from what I saw last year, the improvement he had game to game, yes, he wasn't a crazy corner. He wasn't your top five corner. But he made an impact in the slot, in my opinion, especially with his playing time increasing and learning from just being around quality corner and uh, Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins is a very good teacher, and that's why I'm happy to have him being trained in our next group of corners, Baker, Love, uh, so that's why Janoris Jenkins being on the team is going to benefit not only them, but Grant Haley as well. And the the Giants now, our defense wasn't, you know, amazing, but they put a lot of trust in a guy that halfway through the season, they made, they said, hey, you're on the practice squad? Well, guess what? You're our starting nickel Sunday. Like, it, that's how it went. There was no in-between. He went from a practice squad player to a starter in a week. So, and they trusted him a lot. We know James Betcher loves to run zone blitzes and blitz corners and safeties. They trusted him in that. So that that gives him a leg up over, you know, a Julian Love where they know that they can have him blitz and make plays. The Chicago game, he had two tackles for a loss. One was a big one in overtime. Um, you know, they had eight tackles in that game. He's not a great tackler, but, like, he's not going to blow somebody up. But he gets – he wraps guys up. And in, and in the NFL, you don't usually tackle somebody one-on-one. you got somebody right there. So, yeah, like, a lot of scouts said, like, his tackling was an issue. But I never been, you know, it wasn't like a Curtis Riley, you know, type oh, where where he was where he was just atrocious. Um, so like I have a lot of trust in him against Golden Tate in the Philly game. Um, he played really well in that game. He had you know five targets, two catches uh, for twenty two yards. He had a really big uh, deflection against Tate in the uh, not at the end zone, but pretty much at the end zone. I mean, he was asked to do a lot as an undrafted free agent, and with another year of experience, I just. I expect a lot out of him. I think they they want Julian Love to start at nickel, and I like I like Julian Love a lot. So me having him as a starter isn't like a knock on Haley. It's just I like Love a lot. I thought he'd be a second round guy. He ended up dropping to the fourth. So you know, and he played all four years at Penn State. Um, he started uh, he started you know in the bowl game as a true freshman. Like you don't see corners playing as a true freshman a whole lot, especially at the big schools. Um, he had that block. Like you can use him a lot. Like, I know we kind of just throw out like he can play on special teams, but he can. I mean, he had that block field goal against Ohio State in college, you know, to to beat them, number two in the nation at the time. Um, so he kind of is a guy that is, does everything that he's asked of, and that's what James Betcher's defense is: is you want versatile guys 
on the outside and uh, at safety. No, uh, you mentioned his combine stats. Those were very impressive. He's just as fast as Sterling Shepard. And his best game, as you said, was that Chicago Bears game. Eight solo tackles. James Betcher's defense, as you said, very versatile guys he wants. That's why probably Tay Davis is very good for this defense. Uh, it's just a very blitzy form of defense, and he, he used Grant Haley in that role a lot last year. And as you said, Grant Haley was an undrafted free agent, but they put a lot of trust in him. Just say, hey, you're on the main ro- main, uh, you're on the active roster now. You're we're on the practice squad, but now we're gonna throw you into the fire. He had one game and not started. That every game after that he started, and so the faith in him was real. And just yeah, he's a very much gonna be using that blitz and roll to the quarterback. I believe you posted a clip of that earlier, if I'm remembering correctly of him getting kind of caught in the middle and people were blaming him about it, but it really wasn't his fault. It was just the way the defense was made up for, made up for that play. Right, and he wasn't targeted a lot, but when he was targeted, quarterbacks had a, a QB a quarterback rating of 131.1. Now, that was the worst out of all corners in the NFL, but that's not like a, a, like a, a concrete stat because, like, okay, look in the Colts game. They're at the one-yard line. First and goal. You have to be ready for everything on first and goal. Like, the offense can run any single goal line play they have. And, like, to not get all nerdy, uh, but they had a tight end and a wide receiver to the right, all in the box, too. The wide receiver was lined up as a tight end. They had three uh, defenders on there covering those two guys. And then they had Jenkins and Haley, man-on-man-on-man-the-man, by themselves on the left with no safety over the top, and they ran a rub route uh, that gave Chester Rogers a touchdown, and that counts as a touchdown. That counts as um, his, him allowing a touchdown, but there's nothing he could have done in that play. It was just a really bad scheme by by James Betcher on that goal line. So, like, that like that number goes in, like, Grant Haley allowed a touchdown, but really there was nothing he could have done on that play. No, no yeah, the, Grant Haley, he, yes, he got, tar- he got, when he was targeted, he was, not the best at getting these guys done, but quarterback, they you're an undrafted free agent. They're going to take advantage of you. But now he's entering year two, feeling more confident, playing at NFL speed. He's going to have the confidence now to go out there and be not – I'm not going to say lockdown corner because I don't want to say lockdown. But he can be that guy that if you're targeting him, he won't be as given up as many catches as he did last year. And that's why he's going to be a big team part of this team, whether it's on the bench or started. He's going to be a major factor for us. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm confident in Grant Haley. I probably have Julian Love edging him out as a nickel, but I'm really confident in him, and you have him as your starter. So, I mean, anything else on 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 Haley before we go? No, nah, I mean, just he's going to be in a big camp battle this training camp. That was repetitive right there. He's going to have to deal with uh, Julian Love probably. and Just Julian Love is a very quality corner. We've been We've expressed this. You've said it. I've said it. That the Giants, many people, not a steal, maybe a steal, that's a good way to put it, but they got a corner that can very much fight for that uh, nickel roll. I didn't expect him to do it, but then more looking back on it and looking at Julian Love's tape, he's going to be a factor in that nickel training camp spot. So I'm intrigued to see how that position plays out. Yeah, and it's like whoever wins that battle, we have death behind there. Whereas yeah. in years past, like that Green Bay game in the playoffs when R- Rogers Kamari goes out, we just got completely burnt by Randall Kopp for the rest of the game. So it's always have good to have depth, especially at the cornerback position, and that's what we have at nickel. So that's it for the episode. We appreciate you guys listening. This is episode one of the Player Profile Projections. We're going to have 
I think it's 25 more. We're going to have episodes every weekday for the next month. So I appreciate you guys listening. Would appreciate if you could subscribe or not subscribe. Well, yes, do subscribe, but rate and review. We're putting in a lot of work and that helps us. That helps more people listen. That helps us grow. That helps us be better. We really appreciate it. And Giants Training Camp is here, boys and girls. Let's get it. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll be saying that for a lot of episodes going forward. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go. Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm slash new that's anchor.fm slash new to get started